Jessica Lopez produce our newscast. Shannon Young is our headlines editor. Leanne Caldwell is our Washington editor. Our technical production team at KPFA in Berkeley is Antonio Ortiz and Eric Klein. In Berkeley, I'm Brian Edwards-Tiekert sitting in for Auto Bogato. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, You mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Happy Pride Month! Woohoo! Yes, June 6th! It is! It's, 2007! That's right, and June is the gayest month. Absolutely! Because Goodness. it's the month I was born in. Oh, that's right! So, in less than a week, I th- think! Um, yeah, less than a week. Six, oh. A mere six days, I will age. Holy moly! That's right, that's right. I save all my and aging And you age very well, I so yeah so it's pride month and absolutely across the country people are getting their pride on oh that's absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um so did you do anything prideful this week well i mean i did i went to motor city pride oh wow how was that yeah it was a lot of fun you know it rained like you know it's like the heavens opened up and and god said girl you need to moisturize it (laughs) and so and it rained a lot but um but i got there i drove through the rain Wow, and okay. then I, I I braved the elements <laughs> to join my people, <laughs> our people, and we went to it was in Ferndale, fabulous Ferndale. That's right, absolutely. Um, toward the new Affirmation Center, which is oh, amazing. Yeah. Is it really? It's great. It's such a great space. It's it's wide open. It's it's superb. Oh wow! Um, Anything and, you didn't expect to be there that was? Well, you know, their library downstairs is amazing. Really, it's really great. They have the on rolling shelves and they have a game room and a health center and they have a sky deck it's really quite oh, it's nice. really it's really cool oh wow so they they should be proud and they they should you know work it and 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 show that off so great yeah it was nice it was really nice and then um you know the vendors and, yes. and everything so it, yes. it was nice it was a good time did you buy anything rainbowy i didn't oh wow okay. the only thing i bought were dog treats for my dog <laughs> and um, he didn't even like them. Oh, <laughs> no. No, he eats them. He just sniffs them first, whatever. Right, right. So, well, they're new. They're like, what, what, what right, is this? Right, right, right. This is my usual gourmet stuff that you get me. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a good pride. I think the folks, the Triangle, um, did a really, really, um, really good job. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I think this year I'm going to go to Hotter Than July, too. Have you ever been? No, but I've been wanting to because I always forget about it. I mm-hmm. always, for some reason, I'm like, we even talk about it on the show and we're ready to rock and roll and then the day of, uh, well, it's actually a week-long event, 
but um, the day that I that I was going to go on like on the weekend or something like this, I always seem to something comes up. Right. Well, I'm you know I've never been, so I think I'm going to try it out this year. Well, Here's a different vibe. I'm pretty excited. Yes, absolutely. It's mm-hmm, going to be great. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So that's in July. So that's uh, right. Right. Um, I think it's like July 25th or something like that. So mm-hmm, it's later mm-hmm. in the month. So and I'm going to Atlanta Pride this year. Wow. Now, why Atlanta Pride? Well, I have a meeting in Atlanta that happens to fall on Pride. So um, it's for a gay community, okay. committee. So it's sort of planned that way. But it's going to be real, real hot as oh, in like, temperature and probably otherwise. So, <laughs> why well, are you going to be baking or uh, uh, cooking yeah, or something? Yeah, that's right. I'll be baking <laughs> and cooking and baking. <laughs> so it'll be fun because there'll be a big parade and there's a bunch of like stuff there. And exactly. There's actually a bar in Atlanta called uh, Swinging Richards. Which really? You can only imagine <laughs> what that is. And, you know, I think I'm going to do some sociological ethnographic research I, well i think you should you know <laughs> because it is a different area it is a different you know? area right right you know, is it similar to how it is here in detroit is yeah there things you just that, gotta uh, you gotta be with the people absolutely <laughs> kind of like a cultural uh, <laughs> so i'm really looking forward to it it'll oh, be a good, good time good yeah time. vr ambassador from michigan glam ambassador there you go absolutely <laughs> you know <laughs> and how was your weekend it was it was very restful it was very yeah, very restful um i uh went to a, a bonfire mm. and um and added to the the um the diversity of the group and um it was a, it was a it was a nice size group it was about oh about 10 10 or 15 of us but n- there was no more than probably eight of us there at a time and mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and so it was various folks of you know the the gay and the non-gay and cool. um, the women and the non was there a celebration or are you just burning stuff well we well it, it, they they when we were invited when i was invited the it was just a a, a burning stuff um, <laughs> um but then we as we arrived and the birthday cake came out Ooh. we discovered that the um the hostesses uh it was their birthday um the sunday and monday so um, wow. so, so happy birthday to carol and happy birthday to mary oh, carol and mary absolutely happy birthday. and we have a long time listener whose birthday is today really absolutely jason happy birthday oh jason what, what yeah yeah he's gonna be like uh dan <laughs> uh, yeah so um so they're probably out he's out probably having dinner with his with his parents okay. so yeah so and uh um it's always I, I, one of the things i love about jason is that he gets very nervous when his dad comes into town and <laughs> you know so it's uh because uh, he wants to be the hostess with the mostest of and, course and um so he always wants to make sure he takes him to the, just the perfect place and, oh nice yes so well, happy birthday jason absolutely so get that free dessert <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it was kind of a, it was a very interesting uh it was very it, I, I had a like a restful um peaceful kind of uh, uh bar- i wouldn't say a barbecue but it was well that was actually kind of funny because i kind of found out like the weather pattern i tried to describe this to my friends where where i live which is in the north country um here in uh, washington county uh-huh. um the it doesn't it, it's a different weather pattern than it is down here <laughs> and it really is it's like like what uh, is it snowing still or what well right, right right exactly no it was one of those things where um it we don't get as much rain or mm-hmm. or it it seems or else we'll get way more rain than you all do down here it's like one or the like it really like it was very snowy uh, um up there that uh-huh. when i come into town down here in ann arbor 
uh, or even Ypsilanti, there's like no, no snow on the ground. I said, oh, wow, it all melted by the time I got to work. And they're like, <laughs> they're like no, it never happened. Well, Saturday, I was here in Ypsilanti, and it was just downpouring. And, and then it, it downpoured. And then you went up north. And they're like, but they said, oh, well, we had a few clouds. That's intense. <laughs> it's just the weirdest <laughs> thing. So I'm just kind of trying to get used to it. It's uh, I, and finally I had some friends that kind of we were going to the bonfire and we were expecting it just to be completely washed out and we'd be inside. So we brought some games and things that we could play inside. And we walk in this. Oh, it's a little small fire. And we were like, oh, yeah, of course. And then we realized that they were just talking about the barbecue. They weren't talking about the bonfire, ah, which was just going full flame. Nice. So it was just it was it was very interesting. So the yeah. bonfire was full flame, or you were full flame? Yes, both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, exactly, yeah. Exactly. So it was nice meeting new people and talking to new people, and and um, it, which is which is very, I don't know. It's just I was always I'm impressed that you went to Pride by yourself, um, and then uh, and oh, to, I didn't to, go by myself. Oh, you said you just wanted to go beat your people. I was like, oh, um, well, I met people there, but I went with my good friend Darren, and we went and had a good time. Okay, you know, if anything, Pride's good for people watching, and I do absolutely. love watching. Absolutely, yeah, it was the, good times. You know, and that's the thing—the difference about Pride is that, like, for instance, like there's the Prides, which are just like big parties, mm-hmm. uh, which I think Motor City Pride is mostly is just a very festive, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's, and then we have a little one here for the fest in august um but then there's like for instance like there's the march the folks have marches where they're very politically active Mm -hmm, like we have mm -hmm. and i think it's the last weekend of um is it the 28th or 29th of uh june that's going to be our march on lansing Lansing? yeah um, michigan pride yeah michigan Mm -hmm. pride um and so but then there's also like the parades that people have Uh i mean people celebrate very different and And then there's like all three there's like a conglomeration like atlanta pride and I know that there's a parade and there's a dike march wow. and there's a street festival. So yeah. yeah, so it's 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 fascinating to me how everybody celebrates in their own their own special way. That's right. And um, so yeah, so it's kind of a neat. Uh, I just think it's kind of neat how we all have a oh, and then even Washington has. I, was, I knew there was one more thing I had to say, but it was was with Washington that they're just going to have a pride picnic. Yeah. So just bring your families mm-hmm. and the food and have a good time. It's true. Yeah. And I think it's all fun. I think it's all fun because, you know, it's we're celebrating pride. Right. I mean, why not? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So I think it's, it, it seems more inclusive to me. Um, even though I think it it's not as inclusive as it could be. But, sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little extras they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I think there's – I think it's a good thing. I think uh, I'd be able to celebrate this month. Exactly. As Martha Stewart (laughs) says. But, um, but yeah, so, um, and, and I think there's also one of the things that people always forget. And I, I think I bring it up almost every June is that they, the gay pride really was a celebration of the riot that, that took place in New York city. Stonewall. It's, it's really remembering our history. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And I, and I like to remind people that it wasn't, a gay man that started the riot or that started the uh, the spark hmm. um, that it really was someone who was transgender who actually is, and and yet today as we talk to many gay men that there's uh, transgenders are not included uh, in uh, many of our movements mm-hmm. you know that we're willing to to go get the sexual orientation added but not gender identity mm-hmm. um, and so mm-hmm. I think that that's really great that we do have folks that are being inclusive but and trying to make sure that we either both pass or no pass, no, none of them pass. But. Right. I think there's. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of work still to do. Mm-hmm. 
um, and and things like creating change that's coming Absolutely. up in Detroit. I think that's a really great opportunity for for the movement to take a step back and say, okay, what have we done since Stonewall, and where do we want to be? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. And and yeah, and even if we have to take it year by year, I mean, I think that that's one of the things we need to know of like where it, it, and one of the things that we're going to be talking about later is some of the benchmarks that we need to set of saying, oh, this is where we were, mm-hmm. and then when we come back a year or five years later, we know, okay, how far have we made, how far have we made, met our goals, right? And being a more inclusive um, group, so absolutely, um, yeah, and you know, um, and, and remembering Stonewall and 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 especially our youth, like r- reminding them that pride's significance is political and it is it is queer it is different it is about visibility really yeah why is that for i mean why why being prideful is it uh uh, being political well you know there are, are lots of people and myself included who strongly believe that being the personal is political so so um being able to articulate why it's very important to um to to talk about our lives because that's that's hearts and minds right there. That's how that's how we win people over is talking about our our our, um, our lives. Right, but and so that's political, not as in the sense of being legislative or. But it's it's kind of. I, I, how does that work legislatively? I guess is what I'm trying to figure out. Because well, people say p- being um, taking pride in yourself or mm-hmm, the personal is political. Mm-hmm, Sometimes sure. I get mixed up with that. So so for example, like we can go. So it's a both and. So yeah, we should go to the to the Capitol and lobby for same sex domestic partner benefits. Yes, we should do that because our voices need to be heard. But we also need to talk to people and say, "This is my life and how it's affected, and this is my child and that's how it's affected." Because, gotcha. like you said, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like if legislators can't see our faces, like they can ignore our numbers, but they Absolutely. can't ignore our faces and stories. Absolutely. So that's exactly how how. Um, And that's one of the things I learned. I think that's one of the things that I learned. I guess I was pushing the envelope a little bit of just how um, that the that when I was up in Lansing and talking to people, it's it's really your story that's going to make the difference on whether legislation is going to be passed or not. Sure, sure. So, um, so one of the things that we did get a caller that asked, like, so when is Pride Picnic? Um, and you know, I think it's coming up, right? It's like next week, sixteenth, I think. I believe so. I think it's in a couple of weekends. So Saturday, June sixteenth, from twelve noon to four p.m., and it's it's coordinated by Rap Resource Center, and it occurs at um, an yeah. island park, right? Um, uh, at the new sh- new shelter. Is that the one that looks like Greek revival? Anyway, yes, yes. <laughs> so it's the new shelter in Island Park, which is um, right over by the um, off Island Drive and Maiden Lane over right. in that area. Yep. And if people go to wrapup.org, wrapup.org online, mm-hmm. and go in the calendar, you can see all the the deets on on there. So the deets, the four one one, the four eleven. <laughs> That's right. So what are we talking That's, about today, Dan? Um, we're going to be talking about a study that came out uh, well, probably a month ago now, I think. Um, and it talks about it was released by the National Gay and Lesbian uh, Task Force. Um, 
uh, Policy Institute, uh-huh. and uh, and it talks about Asian Pacific Islanders in, in the LGBT community, and and some of the things that seems to be the high priority or the high, the the most important issues that they feel that we uh, we as a community need to be dealing with. I think it's great because you know, as someone who is API, who is Filipino American, I think it's really important that we talk about. Um, you know, the report's called Living in the Margins and talking about the implications of that and and there's, you know, just a deeper understanding of of um, the intersections that people face. Yes. You know, it, it's not just about Margaret Cho being funny. No, absolutely not. That mm-hmm. is, yeah. Yeah, diversity does not mean like, oh, I buy an art, um, a Margaret Cho sure, uh, CD. Exactly. Like, I mean, that's not being diverse. When she talks and laughs about her mother um, and... Uh, which are hilarious like those are funny and she talks about how her korean mother um you know sees gay porn and you know whatever like she's really also talking about the the intersection of cultures between korea like east and west oh really yeah so oh oh, east and west of okay gotcha i'm thinking i was like i thought korea was north and south sorry (laughs) so so, um so yeah i think that all of these things are are important to talk about so so this is really good and so well and also having that just the conversation having that conversation within our community Mm -hmm. about um because one of the things i have to admit is as i was reading through the report and actually learning some things about about uh what asian pacific islanders are actually uh people are going through that I think it's one of those where I started realizing some of my own uh, insecurities, my own uh, uh, ways of uh, of discriminating against people. I think that that was I was really discovering my own racism, my own mm-hmm. internalized mm-hmm. Ra- racism, and um, and so it, it, I found the report. Even though it, it the topics aren't new. It, it definitely broadened my understanding sure. of how discrimination and hate crimes and and why um, the various things like that we're fighting for regarding like ENDA and and the Employment uh, Non-Discrimination Act. Yeah, right. Thank you. And and why we're we're trying to put these things through. It's it's not. It may not be important to me uh, as important to me as a white man of privilege. Mm. Um, but there are other folks out there that I need to be fighting for. Sure. And I forget about those folks. Sure. And, you know, there's also a saying, like, is it justice or is it just us? So. I've never heard that. <laughs> I'm serious. I've never heard that. Yeah. So. I mean, I've heard just for us, but that's another book, dirty bookstore. Book, book yeah. <laughs> Not a dirty bookstore. Bookstore. That's right. Alternative lifestyle. So. There you go. Thanks. Um, but, um, but yeah. So, but so I think. Or just us. And that's okay. one thing the task force really. And task force and RAP Resource Center and Triangle. Uh, that's what our work is, is, is to look at the movement as a, a cross across um identity yes. you know in july i i'm lucky enough to be uh, to be going to the now conference the national organization of women fabulous yeah and i'll be presenting and talking about sexual violence and the lgbt community and and how that intersects with violence against women and and that's the exact way we need to talk about ju- social justice is in a cross movement way mm-hmm. um because it's all about allies it's all about so me as a gay man i can i can yell and scream and protest every day but if I have an ally who happens to be a congressman's cousin, yes, that's where the change is going to be. Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. for better or for worse, and a kind of a guess who's coming over for dinner type thing, exactly. of like who you know, mm-hmm. um, and especially when, it, it, as you were saying earlier, it brings it much more personal. 
Absolutely. You know, that they actually are, then they do have that face. Or mm-hmm. they do, or like, for instance, when um, Jerry Falwell used to say, um, you know, that every gay man had 532 partners, I could be able to say, you know, I really brought that average down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, they would look at me and say, no, I don't think that that's... Um, um, I just I, that I don't think that that's that could be true, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. That not every, you know, that they, they, they just can't be. And so if sure. I'm if I'm not, that means someone else is having way more than me. Right. And so it's kind of like, and that's like more than two a day. I mean, well, that's like that's a pretty and amazing. We've got to question statistics like that, right? We've right. got to we've got to look critically at how people use numbers against other people. Absolutely. So I think that's really. Um, yeah, and I would be I'd be interested in comparing it to how uh, white people or or caucasian people how they how they experience some of these issues Mm -hmm. um and is it in their awareness every single day like it seems to be in the report that we um that we've been reading this week preparing Mm -hmm. for the show that'd be interesting i mean certainly like like you mentioned like it's it's about issues of of white privilege and Mm -hmm. and being a part of a majority and things like that i think it's really um really important that that everyone sort of takes a mirror and and talks about these things and it's hard it's hard to do Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So. Well, I think that's one of the things that why for me it was I was learning so much is that I w- I'm very out in everything that I that I that I do. Sure. Um, and so and, and so in fact today I even told a story of of where I was infatuated with this this man at work. I was ta- or, excuse me at work. I was talking about this man I was infatuated with. Okay. And sorry, yeah. <laughs> Important <laughs> so, distinction. Absolutely. Or a Freudian slip, one of the two. So um and there was and and taking a look at. Um, how there are some folks that are not able to do that mm-hmm. and how I, on an everyday basis, it, it, um, don't worry about that. Sure. And, and, and then to, to, to really, as I'm reading the stories or as I'm reading what the, um, what the study had, had made, it, it, realizing they have to deal with that every single day mm-hmm. of not knowing of, and, and I have these issues every once in a while is like, you know, like when I got my new haircut, um, is it too feminine? It doesn't make me look masculine. Mm-hmm. And, and because what I usually like or what I usually pick out is very feminine. Sure. And, but I won't know it until somebody says, it. Right. And, and you know, part of privilege is recognizing it when we don't often see it. So for example, I'm often reminded about um, my gender privilege, you know, mm-hmm. because I am a man who identifies as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have no question about which restroom that I prefer. Right. And I do not think that other people would question which restroom I prefer. But those people in our community who identify as transgender. Absolutely. Um, you know, those sorts of things are, are not the we they do not have the privilege to think about it in, in the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's mm-hmm. things like that, and um, you know, um, hopefully we'll get to talk to um, uh, Andrew Yee from the Midwest AIDS Prevention from Project, Map, right? And yep. and also Alan Dang, who's one of the authors of the reports. You know, talking about how um, representations of APIs in the media. Oh like yes, how that how that affects you know what we talk about or what we see and. And the, the larger community. And that's the other thing, too, is that one of the things, especially in the media, and I, and I don't mean to talk without Alan being on, um, on the air with us, but of just how a lot of um, Asian 
Asian Americans or Asian Pacific Islanders um, in the movie specifically are about fighting and about that they don't have a a it's about um, you know how they battle or how they kung fu or well actually it, and it's more than that I think that um, oftentimes APIs are are one of two roles. They're either the Kung Fu master or they're the fool. Uh, well, that was the next part I was going to go to. Absolutely. The comedic um, aspect of the movie. Absolutely. Like, for instance, in the, the latest hit series, you know, Heroes, um, there was a, um, a person who could be able to um, uh, manipulate time. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things where... Um, you know that and and but yet he was naive he was um he um but he was also the 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 joke of the uh, of the folks so sure. and so that's where it got to be very difficult in i mean i think that and it's so true of where we of how we identify um and see people in in the media and and in either in our stories or um i mean even for instance like um there was who was the person on um uh, I think it was NBC that um, Lopez. I can't remember his first name. Mario Lopez. Mar- Mar- no, um, George Lopez. George Lopez. Maybe it's ABC. I'm sorry. Oh, and um, and how it, when they just then when they decided to um, cancel his show, mm. that it was like you know, hey, you know, now we're back to all white people on the show sure. on the on the thing. Sure. So one of the things that I um, wanted to do, one of the things with this report as well, is that the, sh- the, the report, the majority of the folks that were in this report were mostly um, coastal uh, folks, either on the east or west coast. And I wanted to kind of bring it home and kind of see what folks in our area are, um, um, are feeling and, and what they're experiencing. Is it the same as what's going on on the coast and here in the Midwest? Sure. Or is it that five-year you know, wait before we, we start right. experiencing yeah. And I think it's really great that we have we have Andrew Yee from from Map. Andrew, you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, hi, Andrew. Hi. Hi. So, um, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate this. Oh, thanks for having me. So, um, um, you have you're I guess you're the founder of a group called Asian and Friends um, that the uh, Midwest AIDS Prevention Project has put on or puts together. Right. And um, and so I was kind of curious of was there a, there was a calling for this this group to come together or was there a, a specific specific event that may have um, encouraged this to happen? Um, I don't know if there was I don't know if I would say that there was a calling. Um, I just it just was kind of a project that um, me and my boss, Craig Covey, wanted to do. Okay. Um, just to kind of see where it would go. Oh, okay. Because um, there was there's there are a lot of those these type of groups um, in the coastal cities, ah. like San Francisco, New York, L.A. Okay. So um, we just wanted to start one here, just to kind of see what would where it would go, and um, and what have you guys discovered? That, go ahead. One of the things was that I felt that here in Metro Detroit, um, the API community was really spread out, oh. and um, there just wasn't really any focal place for LGBT APIs to go. Hmm. So I just wanted to start one just to see kind of where where it would lead to. Was it you're finding that folks were, like when you said they didn't have a place to go, was it like that they didn't have a um, um, a location to socialize or was it that organizations weren't allowing them to hear, or were not listening to their voice or all of the above? Um, definitely all of the above 
And in addition to that, um, it wasn't just about physicality. It was okay. kind of like uh, we were spread out, um, not just geographically, but also in like a, it, we lacked like a lot of social connection with each other. Right, right. Okay. So um, I just wanted to see if we could bring that a little bit closer. So. And were you able to, or what, like once the group formed, what seemed to be, what what happened? Well, there, there was a great response, and the group has, it's, it's been ongoing since 1998, I believe. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's almost been 10 years now, so. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. And and has there been any like discoveries that you were surprised that happened, or was there like what seems to be the the the, the same theme that I guess those are two different questions there. What seemed, was there any surprises that um, that you found in bringing the group together? Well, for me personally, um, even as an Asian person, um, I mean, I, I had an opportunity to learn. Um, there was a lot of cr- cross cultural learning even within the group. Mm. Oh wow. Um, you know, I think that people have a tendency, even, you know, APIs ourselves sometimes might have a tendency to lump ourselves into one group mm-hmm. when, in fact, there are, you know, there's many, many cultures within that group. So, Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, just as, I mean, I think that even close neighbors of different countries or, excuse me, countries of origin that are close neighbors, I mean, just the culture itself, um, being here in America would be would be very different i would think right. and, and learning the different cultural um i guess indicators or the cultural norms and things of mm-hmm. um so then also um is is there also once you guys got to know each other better regarding um um how to interact with each other was there like a common issue that came up amongst the group of 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 how the community reacts to them or or how um, yeah, I think that there's the, the one common thing um, was that we all, we all, I think we could agree that we felt pretty invisible, hmm. um, especially here in Detroit. It's, mm-hmm. it's, everything is very black and white. Literally. When it comes yeah. to race matters. Um, so we always just felt kind of invisible. Um, you know, there were two extremes. I think we either felt invisible or we felt um, tokenized. Ah, uh, yes. So. And then on top of also being LGBT, I mean, even just, I mean, with the regular, the, I shouldn't say the regular community, that's horrible. The, <laughs> I mean, but the, 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 the white community being an Asian Pacific right. Islander and then even with the heterosexual community being gay and then having both of those. I mean, exactly. what, what an incredible, yeah, having that, and and has it has it really grown? Has, it, has the group really grown um, through the years? Um, yeah, it has, it has. Um, we've done, you know, we've done a lot of different social events, and and we've actually connected with other groups here in the Midwest. Great, um, specifically Asians and Friends um, in Chicago, and there's also. Um, another group that formed out of our group um, on the west side of the state in Grand Rapids. Um, so that was, I was very pleased to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if any of our listeners um, would, are interested in the group, how would they be able to get a hold of you, Andrew? Um, they can email me um, at A-Y-E-E 
at AIDSprevention.org. Okay. Is that, the, is that the best way to do it? So it's uh, go to, they can A-Y-E-E at AIDSprevention.org. Um, right. could, would they be able to call you if they needed to? Or? Sure. And what's sure. that? What's... Um, and my number is uh, 248-545-1435, extension 114. Or uh, people can call toll-free as well at 888-A-CONDOM. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Andrew, for taking time to, uh, to to talk to us about what's kind of going on in this area and kind of give us a, a basis as we're listening to uh, folks from the task force um, and this and this study. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And um, and when we get back, I, I'm, hopefully we'll have um, Alan Dang. Mm-hmm. Alan um, Dang from the National Game and Task Force. Fantastic. Hi, I'm Bryn. And I'm Lorraine. And we're from Camp Trans, and you're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It's a radio Radio for for all all kinds kinds of people. And we're back. You're listening to WCBN FM and Arbor. Wait, what's the order? I always forget it. <laughs> WCBN 88.3 FM and Arbor. No. Oh, WCBN. All right, show it. All right, Alex, show us. <laughs> show us the goods. 88.3. No. It's WCBN FM and Arbor. No number. Closets are for clothes. The big gay show, people. Yeah. <laughs> So today we're talking. Um, we're talking about um, a report recently report recently released by the National Gay Lesbian Task Force out of um, D.C. and New York, um, and they it, it's called Living in the Margins, and it's a national survey, right? Yes. Um, on LGBT um, Asian Pacific Asian Pacific Islander Americans. Yes. And it's really good. It's the biggest report of its kind done. It's the first one, I believe, too. Yes. We're lucky enough to have Alan Dang with us from the task force. Alan, are you there? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really glad Great. you could join us. Are you are you calling from New York? I am here in New York. Fabulous. Great. Well, welcome to the show. Stuff. Great to be here. <laughs> so, one of the things that, um, uh, what were some of the discoveries that from the report that um, I guess that you guys found? Well, I think the biggest thing that we found was that. Um, Asian and Pacific Islander LGBT people experience discrimination coming from both um, the larger mainstream LGBT community and also from the larger um, like API communities. Um, so we're kind of like hit with this double, right. uh, double discrimination along the way. And I think a lot of that, um, those experiences have, have actually uh, influenced like what are our like um, political priorities. 
like in a sense. And do you, do you feel like that's really connected to this idea of model minority status? This this idea that Asians are a model minority that have assimilated, quote unquote, assimilated or acculturated into mainstream white American culture. I think that has that leads um, to part of the you know part of the reason. I think a lot of uh, folks just don't think that. Um, that Asians and Pacific Islanders um, like have any problems like at all, you know, mm. and then are even more shocked when they discover that, um, in fact, you know, there are a lot of experiences um, of discrimination coming from you know a variety of uh, communities and experiences that people have um, had um, throughout their lives. Interesting. So the so that the the larger community was thinking that the the that there that. Asian Americans are are living a perfect life. That they're perfect, is that what you're saying? Or I think that I think that leads into that. I think that was one of the one of the surprising things about um, the study. And when I talk about the study, is that oh really? There's you know there's you know, there's problems out there. There's there's issues. There's wow wow that's a that's a just surprising to me that people even reacted that way to you. That, I mean, of course there is um, with the discrimination because there were some things that you found, like for instance, like like there was discrimination that the folks were experiencing on a regular basis. Um, yeah, I mean, we had um, we asked you know the question, you know, like have you ever experienced discrimination based on any of the following? And you know, we asked questions about you know, like race or ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender expression, and you know, overwhelming majorities you know had experienced at least you know like one form of discrimination um, in their life. Absolutely, and you know that's a really surprising thing too. It's like, oh, like why didn't you ask? You know, if it was just in the last year or in the last five years. But you know, when I you know when I talk to people, you know, one thing that really sticks out is that that old that old saying. You know, like sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Um, that's not exactly true. Right. Um, sticks and stones <laughs> may break my bones, and you can go to the hospital and get healed. Um, but words can sometimes send you to therapy for the rest of your life. (laughs) You know, one of the things, and we we mentioned this earlier in the show, Alan, that uh, that I found really interesting from the policy priorities that were identified. And so the first one was hate, violence, and harassment. And 39% of respondents said that it was important. The next one is media representations. So in any other demographic, so in the African or black American community, or Latino communities, is media representation media representation is so high up on the policy priority list? Um, it's not. And I think uh, the media representations are important to not only um, the LGBT um, Asian Americans, but also um, like the entire Asian American community. Um, because when you look at uh, movies, TV, um, like you just, you don't see, you know, like people that look like yourself, you know, someone that you can relate to. Sure. Um, and c- unfortunately, kind of in our celebrity culture, you know, that we live in, you know, it, it's like we look to um, actors, celebrities, singers as role models, you know, for better or for worse. And no matter what people say, Paris Hilton is a role model. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Paris Hilton is not Asian. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Exactly my point. It's true, you know. And the other thing we we just said that, um, you know, it seems like APIAs in the media and mainstream movies are either the kung fu guy or the fool, right? Or or someone who owns a restaurant. Like, yeah, the, there are never of, any romantic leads, for example. Yeah, that's that's the, the big issue. It's like, you wanna, you, you all you see are these little characters, you know, the the takeout delivery boy, you know, the you know the kung fu master, the one, this kind of sinister evil. Um, 
villain, um, but you never see that that leading um, romantic role that has a complex, you know, like history, and that you can relate to. Absolutely. And and is there any? I mean, is there anything that? Because I'm finding that every culture seems to go through that of going through the like a stage of uh, moving from the fool to then into a romantic. I mean, for instance, like in the gay community, the, um, you know, we went from Jack and and Karen to now we're looking at, you know, like the. Um, Oh my gosh! I keep forgetting the name of this mountain thing, Brokeback, uh, Brokeback Mountain, where they're more romantic. You know, they're they're move. They seem to be moving into now. We're coming out of that that fool stage. Um, do do you think that it's just beginning with the Asian American community, or do you think that it's? Um, I think it's a I think it's a process, um, and I think that's something that every community um, goes through. And we're kind of now just starting to see more um, more Asian American. Uh, film, you know, like TV roles, and like uh, that's starting to um, be more visible. Great, yeah. So, when, uh, only a matter of time. <laughs> right. Absolutely, small Absolutely. steps, right? Small steps. Um, you know, the related to that, I think was, was really interesting. Um, uh, there is, uh, in terms of queer people of color and APIA national organizations. Um, I find it frustrating how difficult it is to really maintain and keep alive um, queer people of color organizations on a national stance. Are you are you seeing the same sort of frustration? I know that there's like where there's large populations, for example, New York and L.A. Um, but you know, we just heard from someone here in, in Detroit in terms of um, starting an organization and keeping it viable. Are you seeing trends like that across the nation? You know, again, I think it's it's starting in places. I know in Chicago, there um, there's a new group um, for uh, queer um, Asian Americans called Invisible to Invincible. You know, and they they're um, you know maybe about like a year or two old, um, but you know they're really you know just in the process of you know going out trying to talk to other people in their community, try to bring people like bring people together. You know, that's happening in Seattle. It's happening in you know in, in other cities around the country, but, you know, of course, in places like San Francisco, L.A., New York, um, where there's a large kind of critical mass, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a little, uh, been a little easier. Um, but, you know, again, there's a very young, you know, community, you know, like immigrant community, you know, community that speaks so many different languages and so many different um, cultures um, that sometimes even the whole um, Asian American umbrella, you know, sometimes is a, like, is a misnomer, like knowing that there's so many different um, ethnicities and a lot of times these countries back in Asia, you know, are at war with each other. And right. mm-hmm. you come back, you come here to the U.S., and all of a sudden, like you're, we're all supposed to exactly you're supposed have to a natural affinity to each box, other, right? Right. You know, one of the things that, um, and this is just being me being very naive, is in the larger in the larger cities like New York or L.A., um, um, one of the things that we had a gentleman, Andrew Yee, uh, who was talking about how uh, the, one of the things that seems to come up in this area, Detroit, is the sense of it being invisible. Do you experience the community being invisible even in the larger in the larger cities? I mean, you said like in Chicago, invisibility to... What was it again? The name of it? Invisibility to visibility. Invincibility. Invincibility. Yeah, I mean, I think even in even in larger cities, there's there like there's that aspect. I mean, whether it manifests itself like socially, you know, like out in you know, like social spaces, bars and clubs, you know, and I think that's 
you know, a lot of times, like, you're kind of, like, overlooked, you know, depending on these larger kind of, like, standards of beauty that seem to transcend um, continents. Absolutely. Um, like, out there, you know, like, like, are, you know, like, Asian men, like, desirable, like, physically, like, to other, like, to other cultures. Um, and you even see that in, in Asia, like, a lot on, on the billboards in Asia, they even have, you know, like, American models mm-hmm. like there. Mm-hmm. So even, really? in, even in China, even in Japan, like you'll see a big billboard and it's blonde hair, blue eyes, you know? Wow. Oh my goodness. So going back to some of the, the, the policy issues, one of the, there's a couple that are out there also re- regarding uh, marriage equality and immigration. Mm-hmm. And and one of the questions that that I had was about one of the things we were talking about was like permanent partner immigration and marriage equality. And to me, that's very that's that's very similar. How how is that different? I mean, I think those aspects you know are similar, but I think the immigration like kind of issue is also like much larger. It's also you know talking about like family reunification, um, and the whole. Um, comprehensive immigration reform um, movement that's that's going on right now, where they're trying to um, actually de-emphasize like family ties and try to emphasize uh, like job skills, you know, as for points to you know get a green card like into the U.S. So you know, so the permanent partners immigration, you know, is one part of the immigration issue, but also part of the marriage equality um, issue. But in terms of like the immigration issue for like the survey, it was much broader than just than just the permanent partners. Interesting, yeah, yeah. and and that immigration bill, I think that when I, it's my personal belief, you know, and I'm a Filipino American, um, you know, when people think immigration and immigration bill, they they leave out so many um, nationalities and ethnicities. I think that so many people think border and Mexico. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. It's it's always. You know, there's the whole immigration, you know, debate sometimes kind of this kind of code, code word, code language, you know, for, you know, people's feelings about Latinos, like right. basically. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. You know, um, what interests me, and we had talked about earlier in the show, we talked about intersections and cross-movement work. And mm-hmm. one, I, one of the major conclusions it says here is discrimination, harassment based on Factors including race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender identity is a problem that needs to be addressed by the broader API and LGBT communities. What what is the strategy? How do people how how do we say to people that we need to address discrimination and harassment and both the API community for LGBT LGBT people and in the LG, LGBT community for API people? Yeah, I think that's a lot of it is building like kind of changing the model of like how of how we organize because I think the nonprofit sector like right now is very like issue specific or community specific. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all in these different silos. You know, like I work on like immigration issues, like we work on LGBT issues, and we work on like racial justice, um, and that kind of forces people to kind of like separate out different aspects like of their identity. And I mm-hmm. think you know a better like we need to move more towards a holistic model of actually looking at people and communities, you know, in their in their totality. It's unfair you know, it's like, to ask someone to leave their Asian identity at the door if they want to do LGBT work, right? Right. You know, so like we're you know, we're just going to focus on LGBT stuff, and you know, but 
you know, but my race, my ethnicity, like, influences, you know, like, how I would do my LGBT organizing or that, you know, my ethnic background, my culture, like, also influences my, you know, my sexual orientation, like, politics. Right. You can't quite always, like, leave them, like, out of the equation. So, like, for instance, um, and I'm going to um, probably be very insulting and I apologize, but one of the things is, like, being a, I'm, I'm white. And so, um, and for me, when I go and do work with LGBTA, like for instance, for any LGBT work um, or issue oriented, for me, it's because I'm in the dominant culture, I have a lot of privilege. I, I don't even think about how does being LGBT affect um, uh, the white community. Um, so can you, can you help me to kind of understand how how that does affect or how the the uh, people of color or Asian specific folks who are Asian specific to how going to an LGBT um, issue work or whatever how that does affect them or- sure sure um, well I think one like one example is that in a lot of Asian in a lot of Asian cultures you know there isn't even a word you know like for gay you know, or even the concept, oh. or even... Or, or a if lot there of time, is a word, it's pejorative, right? Yeah, yeah. or the word, it doesn't have, there's no equivalent word, you know, to gay. It's more a word like homosexual, or more of a clinical, like derogatory, hmm. like kind of kind of term. So for, for one thing, you, there's not even a common language um, to use. Like another thing, too, in a lot of LGBT organizing, it seems that the whole idea of like coming out you know, is, like, is the ideal, like, you have to own, you have to own it, you know, you have to, and to hell with anybody who, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't accept, right. you know, you're being gay or whatever. And, and that's sometimes, like, not a universally accepted, like, notion, the whole idea of just, like, saying, you know, like, screw you if you don't, if you don't accept me. Because in a lot of, in a lot of Asian cultures, there's a much more collective, you know, collective identity where, like, like, yeah, I want to be able to, you know, be out, you know, and proud or whatever, but I also very much, you know, like care what my family thinks, you know, and how it reflects, like, on them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not just about me, right. you know, and me being happy, but it's, you know, like, also, like, worrying about, you know, more of a collective, a collective identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want to have to give up, you know, like, either one. Like, I want to be out and proud, like, and I want to have you know, the support of my family, like, and those extended networks, you know, because they really do matter to me. Absolutely. Well, and they also, and it also puts in a situation uh, that also is one of the resources of, could be also a resource of survival of being with the family. Definitely, definitely. The emotional support or physical support where, as a person of privilege, could be able to live without because I have many opportunities to have that. Sure. Um, And, you know, uh, you know, um, Alan, you know, one of the things that I encounter in my work with students a lot is international students who come to the United States to study and feel like they can embrace their LGBT identities, but then have to return home to Asia and um, Southeast Asia and feel like they can no longer express their identities. Um, Yeah. Mm. And I think it also trickles down to things like aid service organizations because there is no language for men who have sex with men. There's no literally. There's no vocabulary. It's very hard to do outreach to these communities. 
No, that's definitely true. It's almost like we're like forced to constantly live this kind of double life and so I'm curious because in the report I don't remember reading anything about health uh, health as a priority and that there was more about issues of discrimination and harassment um, was the was the, the the highest issue was there anything brought up about health or a concern of health um, we talk a little bit we talk a little bit about health but um, the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force is a bit more of a political organization okay. you know, so we were uh, we were focusing a bit more like on those on those aspects and because there are like so many other like organizations out there that like whose mission is more directly um like health services gotcha and hiv um aid services so we're going to leave like the health issues to them you know and we're going to focus more on the like more on the politics well and i guess somebody if, if you are dealing with harassment and discrimination health would probably be a lower priority anyway i mean you can't self-actualize yourself and how and 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 mental health physical health if you're constantly being um harassed and discriminated against i guess it's yeah and those and the harassment discrimination could actually be barriers to accessing services um if it's coming from like your doctor or if the harassment's coming from yeah you know like other healthcare um providers providers exactly exactly Wow. So, has there been any um, any interesting reactions to the report when you guys um, released it? I mean, from a lot of the um, the LGBT like Asian American activists, a lot of it was like, "Yeah, you know, like, duh, this is what we've been talking about for years, you know." But now we actually have, you know, some you know some concrete data to back up what we've been saying for years. Um, you know, so for I think folks in the community, it, it hasn't really been all that surprising i think uh, i think for those not like not familiar with um like this community like they were you know like shocked and horrified you know by the by the mm-hmm. rates of discrimination of reported discrimination and harassment i have to admit that was one of my reactions i was talking to um gabe before the show and i was telling him that you know i've dealt with the the topic of discrimination on the show i've talked about um uh, uh harassment and and um and in dealing with you know immigration or, or marriage equality and things like this but i think this report really really broadened my whole concept of what of of what all those mean and and not just in a general term but it gave it much more of a and forgive me but a more colorful you know look of what those different topics are and and i it it reminded me that i still have some more work to do um, not only personally but also um with hopefully the tool of the show so yeah definitely i mean i'm really hoping that this report is just the beginning, you know, like the start of a conversation, you know, the start, you know, a tool that folks can use to, you know, begin addressing these, like in whatever communities that they're working in, you know, like whether it's in the workplace, like amongst their own, like social networks and their school and their... Absolutely. Like in the communities. And it's one of the things that Andrew Yee was saying earlier of uh, not only to the experience being invisible here, but also being the token. And maybe hopefully this could help us not have people be the token and be, you know part of the group i guess i guess i don't know if i said that right but um but to help people advocate using this as a tool to advocate versus always bringing in the the the, the token asian pacific islander american to do this right so, right so well that's great <clears throat> i think i think it's a, a great 
step and a great tool, like you said, um, Alan, um, for forward movement for the API API community as well as the LGBT community. Absolutely. So, and people can find the report online. Is that right? Um, right. It, you can just go to our website at www.thetaskforce.org, and you can download the report. And the executive summary is also available in Chinese, Korean, Hindi, and Vietnamese, in addition to English. Fantastic. And if you have troubles getting it from the main screen, go to the uh, – there's a page or a, or a tab on research um, and click on there, and you can actually um, uh, find it also that way um, on the taskforce.org. Yep, thetaskforce.org. Fantastic. Can't say it enough. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alan. Yeah, thank you so much. So that was really great. I I really appreciated him, um, you know, sharing this with us Mm -hmm. and actually doing this work um, and and bringing um, information to our community of of how we can start some dialogue and start having um, the conversations. um, I loved how they said the community introspective uh, or introspection uh, and how we can support each other and and not um, be so... Um, isolative or, or... It's true. I think that it only benefits all of us if we are all in. Like, I think that, um, you know, it's it's foolish to think that we can't help each other um, sort of learn more and, and, and be um, social justice centered. I think that, um, you know, understanding other people um, and the the struggles that they go through um, is part of what being human is all about. Well, but I think I also find out that for, for me is that finding out about other people, I find out more about myself. Sure. You know, and then I think that that's one of the things that I'm going to be really um, kind of graphic here. But one of the things is that I find the folks that are the that are um, that seem to be the the most understanding or the most accepting of the LGBT community are the ones that are the most comfortable in their own sexual orientation mm-hmm. because they know who they are they know where they where, where they stand on their own um personal feelings or or orientations or attributes or whatever um that because they're comfortable with that and understand and have that understanding of where they fit without being threatened by difference sure that um they're able to be a great ally so absolutely um, i mean i really encourage folks to take a look at the report and and even do your own homework and figure out what needs to um what they can do uh, what you can do for yourself, and I guess I'm not really supposed to call people to action on this show, but but I think for me, I it 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 adds to my true understanding of me, sure, and and, and of the community that we're mm, a part of, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> that even That's... though maybe you know folks are invisible in 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 our community, that I can be able to at least speak up and say something and use my privilege. Uh huh. Well, great, awesome. Yeah. So next week we'll talk about. Well, we were hoping to talk about discrimination in the, in the workforce. Exactly, exactly. We'll see if we can do something lighter for you, folks. Yeah. We'll see. I doubt we'll it. See. I doubt it. But definitely. It's okay. a, um, it, it was a great uh, uh, it, it, learning about discrimination. Discrimination is just not one-sided. Right. So there's many aspects to it. Right. So, uh, well, everyone have a great week. Absolutely. We'll you too. we'll talk to you then. All right. Okay.
Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. medium young people. It's directed at you. The big beat that's filled with the demon forces of hell that has a meaning that wants to bypass mom and dad and go straight to the heart of the young person. It's inspired by the devil for one reason. And I'm going to tell you what it is. WCBN FM Ann Arbor Hi, this is Pauline Oliveros, and you're listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. All right, here it is, The Hop, on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. I'm your host, my name is Robert. I'm here every Wednesday from 7 to 9, spinning soul and funk records. You just heard Closets Are For Clothes. And as I said, my show goes here from 7 to 9 p.m. And then at 9 p.m., the music keeps going with the local music show, as hosted by one Jason Adam Voss. First on this show tonight, we're going to hear from a female singer by the name of Gloria Ann Taylor, a song called World That's Not Real off the Selector Sound label, I believe, somewhere out of the West Coast. Hope you like it. This is The Hop. <laughs> 